and welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. I'm so thankful that you are here. Please don't run off quite yet. Please stick around for a little bit and let's see what the Lord has for all of us today. And welcome back to all you regular listeners. I'm so thankful for you. I love sharing this with you each day. And I just appreciate you so much for downloading wherever you download. If it's on the internet or on your podcast app or on YouTube, just wherever you listen, I'm very thankful. And I just would encourage you to consider sharing this podcast with friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think may wish to join us and know that I love to hear from you. You can find my email down in the show notes. It's a word for this day at gmail.com. I pray for you frequently that the Lord will draw you closer to him and give you more of a desire to know him, that you will be deliberate and intentional in your time with him. Friends, he gives us 1,440 minutes in a day, and um, that's all from him it's nothing that we can do as we read in the scripture to prolong our days and that's if we get a full day um, because you know we're not guaranteed another minute and so if we think we're doing something special by doing just a little one minute devotional and checking our box it's not enough we need to spend more time. Now, you may not be able to spend hours and hours as much as you may in, enjoy it like I do, but that we can do time uh, throughout the day. We can look at the, t- the things that we do um, engage in that may not have meaning um, and replace some of that with Bible study, with memory work, with prayer, with worship. And it's just so important to do that throughout the day. And I just want to encourage you in that. I'm learning more of that each each day. Um, it's not something that comes easy because we are um, humans and our flesh sometimes takes over and we want to do what makes self happy. But um, in denying ourselves, in following Christ, we deny ourselves, we pick up our cross daily and we follow him. And so uh, let us cur- encourage one another as long as it is as it is today. And so I'm doing that by encouraging you today, not trying to make you feel bad, just want to encourage you. Um, our verse for the day for January the 24th, 2024, comes from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, and it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. When Joseph Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. And so um, you probably recognize this. We just came out of the Christmas season um, uh, not very long ago. But we're going to park here with God's help and see uh, about the obedience of Joseph and um, take an example of that from uh, what he did when he uh, listened to what God told him to do. And so I'm so thankful that he did. So thankful for his example of obedience. Um, But first, it's wise for us to get an idea of what book or letter we're in, where we are in the scripture, who may have written it, what was going on, 
and that helps us to get the appropriate context and to remember and to understand and hopefully to share. Friends, it is so important for us to read and study God's Word, but also to live it out and to share it. That's how other people can know Him. They may not be able to tell by um, just by our words, but they'll be able to tell about how we live and our actions and all those things. And then if God calls on you to share about something that you've been studying, hopefully you'll have a rough, uh, a rough and better idea of where it is so you can show them exactly what's in God's Word. We know that uh, Matthew's Gospel, which is where we find ourselves today, is the uh, first of the four Gospels listed in our New Testament. Um, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And those tell us the good news of Jesus' earthly ministry, the good news of why he came, what happened when he was here on the earth. After the four Gospels, we go to church history, which is the book of Acts, and then to Paul's letters, of which there are 13, and then to the general letters, of which there are eight, and then to New Testament prophecy. Um, God used four different men to write these four different Gospels. There's nowhere within them that says, I, Matthew, I, Mark, I, Luke, I, John, wrote these, but the earliest church historians uh, who would have received these Gospels confirm that these men wrote them, and um, I'm thankful that God used four different men with four different writing styles from four different backgrounds to tell this good news of Jesus's time here on earth because we can take these four gospels together and get a better picture of what happened. Although I think about um, whenever I think about the gospels and um, I'm reminded of what the gospel writer John wrote at the end of his gospel when he says in uh, John 21, 25, he says, now there are also many other things that Jesus did were every one of them to be written. I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. And that's true. They couldn't get everything written down. Um, but Matthew and John, two of the gospel writers, um, were eyewitnesses with Jesus. They walked with him. They talked with him. They touched him. They ate with him. They saw him when he was tired. They saw him when he was hungry. They saw him pre perform all these different miracles. They saw him be crucified. They saw him be placed in that tomb. And they saw him after he was resurrected. And they saw him ascend back to heaven. So these men that we have that wrote these two gospels, Matthew and John, when we're in their gospels, I like to think about that. Think about these words were written by someone who was with Jesus in the flesh. Um, and so it's just such a blessing. Now, Luke and Mark's Gospels were written by men who were not in that original apostle group. They received their information from those who were. And, and that's very much like what we see today, friends. It's an example for us. Those of us who have a relationship with Jesus tell others about Jesus so that they can know about Jesus and then they can tell others about Jesus. And so it's just a really neat thing and I'm so glad that God did it this way. Matthew's audience seemed to be his fellow Jews. Of course, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and correction and reproof and training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete and equipped for every good work. So all of it is important. And even though his original audience seemed to be primarily the Jews, we can learn so much for this. And if we are in Christ, we are Abraham's 
uh, seed heirs according to the promise. And so we read that in Galatians 3.29. So it's still so important for us. But Matthew so wanted his fellow Jews to know that Jesus was this one true um, long-awaited Messiah that they'd been looking for. And he spent a lot of time trying to get them to understand that. And he was very clear about that. Matthew was a tax collector, and so he wasn't held in very high regard uh, by by his fellow Jews. Um, But God used him mightily. We read that he was one of the apostles, and Jesus called from his disciples 12 men whom he called apostles, and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and the authority to heal every disease and affliction. And so they were with Jesus daily. And I'm so thankful uh, that he gave Matthew these words to write. Matthew opens up his gospel with the genealogy and genealogies were very important to the Jewish people. And he shows how Jesus can be traced all the way back to Abraham. And so we're going to jump in here at this beginning part of Matthew and uh, get up to where our verse for the day is located and see what we can learn about Joseph and his obedience and how that was such an important part of Uh, This story of Jesus becoming flesh, Jesus, uh, God made flesh to dwell among us. And I'm so thankful that we have uh, more of this story here. You know, in Luke's gospel, we have a lot of the uh, history and the story of Jesus's birth, but we have this extra information here in Matthew, and I, I just love it when we're here. So if we back up to that genealogy that we talked about and mentioned that that's how uh, Matthew opens up his gospel, there at the end it says in of the genealogy in about Matthew one sixteen it says, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. And then we get to verse 18, and I'm going to read here this story of when the angel came and spoke to Joseph, and we'll talk just a little bit more about that. It says, Now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife. And then the next verse says, But knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. You know, we don't hear a lot about Joseph. We see him in the nativity scenes. We hear about him a little bit at Christmas, but think about from his standpoint um, how hard that must have been. You know, in the Jewish culture, of course, um, they would have a betrothal, which, as I understand it, was like a legal 
agreement. Uh, It's like our engagement, but even more. They were considered to be married, even though they uh, weren't physically together. And I think from what I understood and from what I've been taught, or from what I understand and from what I've been taught, that that period of betrothal would sometimes be about a year before the actual, before they came together. Um, But as we know of what is mentioned in the law, um, the Old Testament law, it was... um, definitely a a sin and a sin worthy of uh, being stoned for that adultery. And um, so Joseph knew that Mary was expecting, he had heard her side of the story, that what was conceived in her was from the Holy Spirit, but that had never happened to anyone else before. And, but he, um, he was a good man. Scripture says that he was a just man and he was going to divorce her quietly. You know, he wasn't going to put her to public disgrace. Um, and I love what it says here as he was considering these things. So he he loved her. He must have loved her very much because he wanted to. He didn't want to harm her, but he uh, may have felt we don't know how he felt but he may have felt betrayed and um he had to have seen that gentle and sweet spirit and um all of those things that everybody else saw about her and um he said uh, as he can see it says as he considered these things so i suspect as he was considering he was asking for god's guidance and was weighing out these things of about what his eyes saw but what his heart knew and um i suspect he knew that he could trust mary because of her character but then um, he couldn't explain this because this kind of thing had never happened before, uh, where someone had been expecting without being, uh, or had become pregnant without being with a man, you know. This had never happened where the Holy Spirit had um, caused someone to uh, conceive. What was conceived within her was of the Holy Spirit. And it has not happened since. But I love as he considered these things, God was so gracious and sent him a messenger, an angel. That uh, that word angel uh, means message, message, uh, a messenger. And told him, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife. And you think about that fearing what other people would say, fearing uh, how other people would look down on them, fearing that people uh, wouldn't believe him or believe her. But the angel said, Do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And what a blessing that he was given this encouragement because the days would be hard the days would be long it would people still wouldn't understand people still wouldn't believe uh, but he was told she will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is God with it, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. So he was obedient. He was obedient to what God called him to do. And, you know, we don't hear a lot more about Joseph. We hear that... um, 
an angel again appeared in a dream to him later um, after the baby had been born and when Herod was trying to kill all or was killing all the baby boys and, and told him to take his um, child and the mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. And so he had to be a godly man, a devout man, and um he was obedient. He did just as he was told. We hear a little bit more about him in Luke's gospel, but not just a whole lot, you know, and um, we don't hear much after uh, that story of when Jesus uh, and his parents had gone to the temple and then he stayed behind, Jesus stayed behind and his parents went back to look for him. Um, that's about the last time I think that we hear about Joseph and it's and, uh, as uh, the parent of Jesus. And even though he's just mentioned, you know, just very little here at the beginning of Matthew and the beginning of Luke, um, and we don't hear him a lot after that, uh, his example is such a wonderful example of obedience, of doing what you've been called to do, um, not worrying about what other people think about it, uh, even though he st- he may have struggled with that at the beginning. But once God told him, once God made it clear to him, and God was so gracious to send an angel to do that, he was obedient. And I'm just so thankful for that example. I'm so thankful that he listened and trusted and obeyed. And we can all learn from that. You know, we may not have the big, um, a big flashy something or something that seems big and flashy for us to do for the Lord, um, but we show our devotion to, to Him. We show that we love Him by our obedience, and obedience in the big things, obedience in the day-to-day Every day, small things, even when no one else is looking or even when everybody is looking, um, it's so important for that. And so I want to encourage you in that, um, even if you think that what you're doing is, um, is not a big thing for God, but you know that you're being obedient to him, that's what he desires. He doesn't desire the the big uh, sacrifices. He desires that obedience. He desires our heart to be right before him and to want to do his will. And he will give us the strength. He will help us each step of the way to do what he has called us to do by the power of his Holy Spirit. And I'm just so thankful that he does that. We may not know, like Joseph, we may not know what's coming down the road in the next uh, month or six months or year or 10 years. But if we purpose to just walk each step in obedience to him, denying ourselves, picking up our cross daily and following him, he is so faithful, friends. And why would we not want to be obedient to the one who can see that next step? He knows what's going. So the way that we can know his will is we're in his word. We seek him in prayer. We heed that uh, direction of the Holy Spirit. And oh, he's so faithful. I want to just close with one of my favorite prayers to pray when I'm asking for direction. Um, In Psalm 143, verse 8, it says, let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love for in you I trust 
Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord, I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. May that be our prayer today. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.